Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another Educator Innovator Hangout on air. And I'm your host tonight, Kevin Hodgson, and I am a sixth grade teacher out in Western Massachusetts in Southampton, Massachusetts. And I'm also part of the Western Massachusetts Writing Project. And so um, I'm really happy to be, uh, I've been asked here to kind of host tonight's session because I think it's going to be really exciting as we uh, talk to some. Um, not just young writers, but people who are kind of really reaching out and making a difference in a lot of lives of a lot of kids, um, using writing and change as part of the, um, the kind of center of what they do. And so I'm curious to know about how they got started and, and some of the things they've been doing. Uh, so we're talking uh, with uh, Katie uh, Eater, and she'll correct me, I think, if I pronounce her name wrong. Um, and she's the founder and executive director of Kids Tales, which is a nonprofit that runs creative writing workshops for kids ages 8 to 12. And um, we're going to be also trying to tackle the question a little bit of how uh, teenagers and, um, and even younger kids can be change agents in their communities and the world. And, you know, I was spending some time with the Kids Tales uh, website today, and I, I just really love the tagline that I got to share out. It's kids teaching kids to create, compose, and publish their own stories, which I think is really great. So we want to uh, thank you and thank all of our guests uh, for joining us here today for the next hour as we talk about writing and outreach and change and all sorts of different things we hope. Um, and for those of you who are watching this Hangout Live, uh, we're going to encourage you to post your thoughts, ideas, and questions in the live chat feature that is embedded right in the video player. You can also tweet out questions and follow along with the discussion using the hashtag of uh, connected learning. Uh, because we'll be talking about connected learning a little bit as the one of the underlying principles. Um, so what I'd like to do is have us all uh, introduce ourselves. I'm going to uh, turn the mic over to Katie first. Um, and what I'm asking them to do is introduce themselves a little bit, but also I ask them to try to think back to an early story or piece of writing that they've done and kind of share that out as part of the introduction to keep with our theme of kind of writing tonight. So. Um, Katie, welcome to the Hangout. Thank you so much, Kevin. Um, you know, thank you so much for, for running this. I'm really excited for our conversation. Um, yeah, like, like you said, um, my name is Katie Eater. You pronounced it correctly. Um, and I am the founder and executive director of Kids Tales. Um, I started it when I was in middle school. Um, you know, writing has always been a really big passion of mine uh, and, um, you know, getting to middle school and starting to see that a lot of kids don't have the opportunities to do a lot of writing, um, especially because, you know, in school, uh, there's a lot of essays and book reports um, and not much of a focus on creative writing, unfortunately, for a lot of kids. Um, and I was fortunate, for, always fortunate enough to do creative writing outside of school. Um, and I wanted to sort of share my passion with other kids. And so um, when I was in eighth grade, I looked around to try to find a place where high school students could teach younger students to um, creative write, or creatively write. But uh, I couldn't find anything. Um, and so I decided to start Kids Tale. And I went to an organization near my house and just asked them if I could teach a creative writing workshop. And, uh, you know, we've been expanding since then. Um, so this summer will be our fourth summer. Um, and we're very excited. We're planning on teaching over 800 kids. Um, and we're having uh, more than 150 teenage volunteers. All of our teachers are teenagers. Um, so it's kids teaching kids, as you said. Um, we're really excited, you know, um, Shreya and Morgan are, are also joining us from Kids Tales and both amazing people and both amazing writers. Um, and, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we, we really love 
teaching kids writing um, and one of our big goals is to empower kids to find their voice um, through creative writing, which is something that uh, is really amazing and I'm sure we'll share some stories about it a little bit down the line. But um, the first story, as you asked for, is my, my, my first writing piece that I remember um, is in fifth grade, I think it was, right when I sort of got interested in creative writing. Um, I wrote this uh, story kind of like I thought it was a novel that was, um, you know, like seven, pa uh, seven chapters and each chapter was like half a page. And it was, um, it was something about uh, like a magic necklace or something. Um, I remember being so proud of it and I thought it was the best thing. And I went with my parents and we got, we got it bound at like the, uh, uh, you know, the FedEx store near my house um, and it was so exciting I remember bringing it to my fourth grade teacher and showing it to her and you know it was so impressive and then I looked back at it like you know a year ago or something and it's just the worst piece of writing it's just so bad <laughs> um, and yeah it's it's definitely but that was an amazing amazing thing for me at that time and I think that's part of the you know publishing books and why we do that at the end of our workshops because it's just a really great experience to be a published author um, but yeah, that's, that's probably my most, my, my funniest and my, my first writing experience. Um, and now I think I'll hand it over to Shreya if you want to, uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, again, thank you so much for everyone for being here and for organizing this. Um, my name is Shreya. Uh, I am a, currently a senior in high school. And so this is, I think, my second year working with Kids Tales. Um, I was able to meet Katie about a year ago through, um, a program called Catapult that brings together high schoolers who are really interested in, um, working in entrepreneurship or working to, you know, be change makers in their communities. And so um, Kids Tales was the only nonprofit that was at that program. And I was immediately drawn to Katie's passion for creating change, as well as the entire mission behind Kids Tales for really um, giving kids uh, the chance to share a story in a lot of situations when they don't have the opportunity to. Um, and so we immediately got to work um, really um, improving upon some amazing things that are already in kids' tales and um, really hoping to expand our program nationwide. Um, once, I know Morgan and Katie and I, uh, Morgan and um, I joined the um, team with Katie, we were able to reach a lot more states and a lot more communities across the country, which was really exciting for us to accomplish. Um, but yeah, it's been an ama amazing learning process about, um, you know, how does a nonprofit work and how can teenagers be involved in nonprofit work, which I had never pictured myself being able to accomplish or say that I did that. So that's been um, a great experience. Um, in terms of an early story, I don't remember exactly how much I ended up writing of this or exactly what the plot of it was, but um, I'm pretty sure when I was five or six, I would carry around one of those like plastic Sterilite boxes that you would like, you know, keep things in. Um, but instead of actually storing anything, I would um, break up crayons and pretend that I had a fish tank. Um, I really, really wanted a pet at the time. And so my, I guess, compromise was convincing myself that my box full of colorful crayons was a fish tank. Um, and I, I think I remember that I wrote a really interesting story. And I also illustrated it, um, like we do in kids tales about how I loved my box of crayons and how this was my true one calling in life to have a fish tank. So yeah. Great, great story. Um, Morgan, would you like yeah. to introduce yourself, please? Yeah, hi, thank you again for having us all on here. My name is Morgan Kerfeld, and I'm also on the executive board of Kids Tales. Like Shreya said, I first got involved with Kids Tales through the Catapult Incubator Program. We would spend, I think it was a five month period where we went about every three weeks and hung out in Chicago and actually worked to try and build Kids Tales to kind of what it is today. But I remember we had lots of long nights trying to figure out our pitch decks, pitching in front of venture capitalists. It was a really fun time. 
got to know Katie and Shreya a ton through that time with them. And just what really draw, drew me to Kids Tales was the fact that it was very much a social outreach and we were helping underserved children, which was something that I was very passionate about and have loved being able to get involved with in continuing with Kids Tales. Thinking back to a story, when I was in, I think, fourth grade, I wrote about why a polar bear has white fur. And I think I just read it about three days ago, actually. And I was reading through it and I was thinking, I don't know how my little brain ever thought of the things it did. It was, it like jumped into a white pond and somehow painted its fur white. And then it was supposed to like blend in with the snow in Antarctica. And it was, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine. But we've definitely seen that creativeness in a lot of our students. Um, it's been really fun. Great, thank you. It's a great story too. Um, it's funny you all still have your <laughs> your kind of stories you remember. Um, Charlene, can you introduce yourself for us, please? Sure, Kevin. Thanks. My name is Charlene Doland, and I live out in the Chicago suburbs. Um, and I have a project-based learning community out here that I facilitate. And we work both with history and language arts. So I work with teenagers and um, they do some writing. So I'm excited to be here. And uh, I know Kevin through the connected learning uh, spaces out in the virtual world. Um, as far as stories, mine is probably not so exciting as the rest of you. I remember in early elementary school, we had to do the dreaded um, what I did during my summer vacation. And I always had very dull, boring summers, so it was really hard to come up with some kind of story that could be interesting for anybody else to read. And that's my story. Great, thank you. Um, I was thinking, because I, you know, I asked you all to do it, so I was thinking of one of my early stories. Um, I used to write a lot about music, because um, I, well, I still play music, but I was really into music as a kid, and saxophone was my instrument. So one of the earliest stories that I remember writing, and it was a picture book, so it's funny, we'll talk maybe about this connection between um, image and text maybe in a little while, um, but it was a picture book about um, going to this music store and seeing the saxophone in the window that I really wanted, but we couldn't afford it, <laughs> and wanting that instrument. Um, so uh, that's one that kind of, I still remember, but. I don't know where it is anymore, so I'm sure it was brilliant, so I can't look at it and say, what was I thinking about? Um, but that's one of the stories that I remember, and it's funny because the theme of that um, kind of music really uh, informed a lot of my writing through the years, so it still kind of hangs with me. Um, so great. Well, thank you all. It's great meeting you all. Um, so Katie, you started talking a little bit about Kids Tales, about uh, you know where the idea came from, and um, and then... I know it's come a long way from that, those kind of first thoughts. You know, one of the things that struck out as me, to me as a teacher, I guess, is, um, um, and I'm not trying to say you should, like there's blame on any teachers, but I mean, it seemed like you didn't have the opportunity to do the kind of writing that you wanted to do in the school setting. So therefore, you started thinking beyond the school setting. And I was curious if you might want to talk about, you know, what, what was that kind of like? Uh, were there things that you were trying to write, but just didn't have the opportunity um, and just trying to think about some of the constraints that we have in the school system these days um, yeah I mean I I always you know my I had great teachers in elementary school and um, you know I always I loved learning um, 
But I, growing up, was um, a competitive figure skater. So I was um, a really big athlete. And so school sort of took the the back end of my, you know, my daily life. Um, and I also grew up with four older siblings who were in high school when I was in elementary school. So, you know, I, I heard when I was at home the, oh my God, you know, this college essay and uh, this essay. And so I sort of, it got drilled into my head that it was, um, you know, the, the essays were so negative and like writing was so negative. And I think um, but that's the experience that I got just, you know, having older siblings, that's how I heard of it. Um, but I think there's definitely a, uh, a misconception among a lot of kids that, you know, they just see school as something so awful because they have to do it. Um, and then, you know, they have to, they have to go, um, which is, you know, obviously it's really too bad because, you know, school's amazing and it's a great place. Um, but, you know, I, I was, I'm, you know, I, I had the same experience of just like really not ever wanting to go to school. And I think um, once I started writing outside of school and sort of made the choice to write um, that that sort of turned it around for me and I was able to, you know, use my English classes to more, to what they were and really um, take advantage of those. Um, and I think that, I don't know if Morgan and Sarah agree with all, but that we sort of, that's what we see with a lot of our kids, lot of our kids is that, you know, they might come you know, they might like, come and, oh, why don't write a story, write a story, write a story. Um, um, but, um, you know, then, you know, once they write the story and they're able to just sort of choose what they want to write about, um, then they're able to, you know, really go back to school and uh, be more, you know, just be more dedicated and be more um, just open to learning. Um, and just sort of that initial, you know, let's like what what a school look like out or what does learning look like outside of school? And then once they see that, then they're able to go back to school and say, oh, you know, learning is really great in school as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the struggles that teachers have these days is that narrative writing, the creative writing that you're talking about, uh, that Kids Tales is so it's a great job with, um, is less prominent now in the changes that have happened in the educational landscape. And um, it's um, sad in a lot of ways, I think, that we're kind of losing some of that narrative writing um, in the school day, speaking from a teacher standpoint, I think. Um, I don't know, Morgan and uh, Sharia, did you guys, what were your experiences um, as young writers in your schools? Yeah, so I'm actually an only child, so I didn't really grow up with the same experience as Katie where my siblings coming home saying, oh no, this college essays or this test and all that writing negatively. But I definitely, when I was growing up in the classroom, it was more, you would journal about a set topic, like they would tell you exactly what to write about, or you would be writing a book report or an essay on something you learned in the classroom. And I was always fine with doing that. I've always loved school, so it just kind of came naturally to me and made me think, oh, well, this is what we have to do, so I'll do it. But then once I started getting into the creative writing, I realized there's a whole other section of learning that wasn't being tapped into during my schooling time. And it was interesting to see how even just creative writing on my own was able to open up some different pathways in my brain and make me think and see the world in a different way, which I think we're trying to do for a lot of our students. Great, thank you. Shri, how about you, any yeah. thoughts? Yeah, um, I definitely agree with Morgan in that, um, I, I guess in elementary and middle school, um, writing came um, and felt more like it was just assignments to complete. Um, and I know even now getting to high school, then like opportunities for creative writing dwindle off further to the fact where I don't think we do it, maybe like we do it once a year, if any at all. Um, and so I've never really understood as an option to just my thoughts, just my feelings, my thoughts, or my thoughts.
until a little while later. Um, I think especially when I did get to high school and I had those chances, I really did appreciate the chance to reflect on my experiences or reflect on anything I was feeling um, through a less formal way of um, writing. And I think that was definitely um, a beneficial experience in that I could, um, like Morgan said again, see the world in a different way um, and see myself, I think, in a different way, which hopefully Kids Tales provides other students with as well. Great, thank you. Charlene, do you see, like, what are your views on what I was trying to say, I think, about, it seems like things seem to shift away from narrative. Like, what are you seeing with the students that you work with? Yes, I have a similar uh, kind of experience and point of view that there's a lot of emphasis on, as you talked about, the nonfiction and the close reading and all that, and that there's not so much emphasis put on developing imagination and going inside ourselves, going inside other people's heads and bringing all of that forth. And, um, you know, as a society, I think that that's a great loss if we can't foster that within our kids. Yeah, thank you. So it, it, it occurs to me that, uh, you know, listening to um, uh, the three of you talk that you're all probably very motivated learners and really interested in learning and um, probably do a lot of things to kind of um, uh, to learn more about the world on your own. But I know one of the missions of um, of your project is to kind of reach out to um, different communities um, and give um, more young people an opportunity they may not have. So I'd be curious to know more about um, about the organization and you know what is a typical um, you know week long. I think it's a week long, right? Workshop kind of look like and. You know, and also, if I'm a teenager kind of watching this and I want to get involved in your organization, like, are there ways? I'm sure we'll get to that, too, through the course of what we're going to talk about. But um, can you give us just an overview of, like, what you do and what it looks like and, and how that outreach happens? I think that's part of the kind of whole change agent is trying to give opportunities and access to uh, more kids as writers and maybe in communities where they may not always have that opportunity, too. Uh, Shreya, do you want to maybe start out kind of talking? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess first to kind of explain a little bit about how the week works. Um, most Kids Tales workshops are about four days long, and um, they're usually about two or three hours a day, depending on the location and, um, you know, our, the time that we're allotted. And so over the course of the four days, kids are um, the first day really focusing on brainstorming and getting kind of accustomed to the idea of creative writing. Um, then they're going to go ahead and do, I think, a first draft. And then they spend a little while of that time um, actually illustrating their story with a picture that they want to include that goes on the cover of the book. Um, and then the final day, they spend on editing and putting any polishing touches. Um, and finally, after that, we end up taking all of those stories and we um, send them off to Amazon to get published. And so um, we bring back those published books and every kid um, essentially becomes a published author, hopefully by the age of 12. Um, and, you know, their illustration is on the cover of, of that book. And, you know, it's something for them to really hold and, you know, say this is a tangible product that I was able to put out and something that I can be proud of. Um, in terms of, I guess, getting kids into making change, um, I know in the past year or so we've really been talking about what can make kids' tales, kids tales sustainable and what can make um, sure that um, change is being made in a way that is uh, very productive. Um, I just saw a question right here that do kids ever do collaborative stories? Um, I, I'm trying to think back to, I don't think anyone 
Um, and my camp ended up doing one together, but that's definitely an option for kids if there's a team of children who really, really wants to write something together or has a topic that they're passionate about, um, they're definitely able to do that. Um, and I think that's also a really great aspect of the Kids Tales framework is that it is so liberal in the way kids can handle this. Um, I'm trying to think, we've had, like Katie mentioned, we've had, you know, very short chapter books kind of, you know, laid out into the format of one story. We've had, um, I know, you know, kids break up their art writing into different parts and try to talk, talk about different aspects or things like that. And so um, there's no one set way for them to end up writing their story, which I think is really another reason why we really take that level of creative writing to the, um, and really stress that point. But yeah. <laughs> Great. This the um, so I know that um, as you talked about the the final stage is publishing, right? Um, and you do it through the Amazon uh, self-publishing system, I assume. Um, how is that a motivating factor? Would you say for the young writers that are in in the camps that kind of that publishing for? Did they go to Amazon and say, "There's my book"? I mean, like, does it play into? All right, so here's what I'm really thinking about, like the revision process, which is always a struggle for um, young writers and for old writers and veteran writers, everyone, I think. But is the publishing step the thing that helps kind of get them uh, kind of with that stage? I guess I'm just trying to get some, some learn from you, from the experiences that you guys have. Um, yeah, I actually have some the books just so you can sort of see what they look like. Um, I guess we have the video, so it's perfect. Um, and so, yeah, they, they uh, you know, it takes a little bit for them to get a book back, which, um, you know, we've, we've talked about if that has, you know, the whole delayed gratification thing, um, if that, you know, causes them to, uh, you know, not, not be as motivated. But really what you see is if you show them a book from a past workshop, um, and just say, you know, this is what, this is the goal is what you're making. And that sort of, um, you can almost like see that light in their eye. That's just like, oh, like, you know, I'm not just writing a story to like hand it in, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a book. Um, and you can almost see that, uh, which is really, really exciting, um, for the kids, I think, and, and for the teachers as well. Um, but I would say that, um, definitely once they get the book, that almost is, you know, a whole nother level and having that, you know, having to wait a month or so to get the book is actually even better because, um, you know, if we have like a little publishing party where all the kids come back and they get their books, um, you can tell that, you know, once they get them, they're, they want to write more and they're like, oh, I'm going to write a sequel to this book or, um, you know, oh, I have another idea for a story. Uh, and then if we have a, you know, a kid come back the next year, they'll show you the, you know, they show you what you, they've written in the last year. And I've had kids who have had, you know, year to year and they come back with like journals full of stories that are like, oh, will you please read these for me? And that, like, that to me is just, you know, you can tell, you know, they have all of this written that they've, you know, just written in this year's, year's time just because they, they were a published author and now they, they want to keep writing. Yeah, that's great. Uh, there was a question from Liana. Um, it was asking, which I'll probably get to later on because I'm really into technology and digital tools, but um, do digital platforms or like, I mean, do things play a role in kind of how the students are writing? Um, and the question I would ask later on, and we may not get to it, or we will, um, is, is the kind of writing that you and other young people do in outside of school different from the kind of writing you do inside of school? But those are two different questions, I guess. Um, do you use digital tools within the workshops uh, itself, and how do kids engage with that? I guess, um, in terms of digital tools, like, they type the stories on a computer, 
And so they're usually using like Word or Google Docs and then we can then go in and edit um, for like grammar and punctuation and that kind of, those kind of things. Um, but for the most part, that would be the only digital aspect I could think of except for the actual publishing of the short story, which is done mm -hmm. through Amazon self-publishing. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking too that, um, you know, we were thinking back to our early stories, but I mean, the kids that have been through there and they're published on Amazon, they could, well, ideally, they could come back in 10, 15 years, right? And maybe still find their book <laughs> um, <clears throat> to be bought, right? It's just kind of a really interesting um, idea of the longevity of a piece of writing. Um, and that idea of, of technology certainly plays a role, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, I just saw a question from Charlene asking um, what they do to develop their illustrations. Um, so what they actually do is they actually draw them on paper and then we will take them and scan them into our computers and then we'll upload them that way. So they're doing all their illustrations by hand and then we take care of uploading. Yeah, I would say also that, um, you know, we've, we've, I think, discussed sort of uh, if we ever want to move our platform onto sort of a digital platform form or anything else. And I think um, part of the beauty of, you know, creative writing and writing in general is that um, it's the one thing that I think is not absorbed, has not, it cannot necessarily be absorbed in the same way to technology. Um, and especially with this younger generation, I mean, we're seeing these, these eight-year-olds who can, you know, use a computer like, you know, they're just, they're just, you know, we're the digital generation. Um, and so I think that it's really, um, it's really amazing to, you know, have the opportunity to just, you know, step away from that for a second and just have like sort of an offline experience that, you know, it is online and you can see it forever, like you said, Kevin, which I think is really amazing. Um, but it's also, I think, really, really amazing that there's just something about, you know, having your journal and having your, your pencil that you're just writing on um, and having it that sort of old-fashioned experience. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for that tangible experience of the writing. Um, and each kind of has different aspects to it. I think when Charlene raised the question of, uh, you know, whether um, any of them are collaborating together, um, what I was thinking about was looking at your site, how you've, hopefully we'll talk about this, how you've been expanding out to different um, countries too, um, if I read it right. Um, and wouldn't it be cool to have some of those kids collaborating together on stories, right? Um, from different sites. And I don't know whether that's anything you've thought about or, or wondered about how that might happen. Uh, one thing we actually um, are doing this year is uh, last year um, we taught in a uh, refugee camp in Hungary um, that served primarily kids um, coming from Syria and Afghanistan. Um, and the refugee camp that we taught in was primarily designed to um, they take families that and then they're just they are meant to sort of reestablish the families in other countries and other places. So it's really short term. So they wouldn't have had time to get their books. Um, and so what, uh, what we ended up doing with those books is we sent them to that refugee camp and then a few other refugee camps in Hungary um, for kids that are going through, um, going through the refugee camps to sort of see the stories of kids that came before them um, and sort of see, you know, have something to relate to that's like, um, you know, you have this kid that wrote these, they draw pictures and they have, you know, a picture of um, SpongeBob and then they have a picture of like their family escaping the mountains in Afghanistan. Um, and I think that, that that's definitely something that we'll start to see is that, you know, when, when kids are going through this and there's, you know, they're seeing that, you know, they have these stories that have, that they're, 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 there's been people that have came before them. I think that that's, that's going to be really special as well. I'd like to know more about how, how did, how did you connect with the refugee camp and how did that, yeah, I'm just curious about how that all unfolded. I think, um, 
the power of writing, of trying to process traumatic events, right, um, comes into play there, trying to make sense of, for a lot of them, I'm sure, an unsettled world. Um, how, did, how did your organization get connected in, and what did that look like? Uh, yeah, so we in, um, so our first year was 2014, and then in the school year between 2014 and 2015, um, we got connected to AFS, the American Field Service, which is uh, an organization that takes, um, that exchanges teenagers all over the world to other countries um, for, you know, years abroad, summers abroad, that type of thing. And um, every year they have a contest called AFS Project Change, which allows uh, teenagers in the United States to propose service projects to be carried out in other countries. Um, so during that school year, we proposed uh, Kids Tales Around the World, um, which um, was, was very exciting. We ended up winning their um, Vision and Action Award, they call it, for aligning with their mission to break down cultural barriers through education. Um, and so we ended up getting to go to Colombia, South America uh, for a few weeks um, in that summer of 2015 and teach a kids sales workshop down there um, to some kids. Um, and we taught it in Spanish and then had the, the stories translated in English. Um, and it was a really, really amazing, it was just a very successful workshop. And so uh, we continued our partnership with AFS. And so that's how we ended up um, in the refugee camp last summer. And that's, you know, we're going back again to Hungary this summer. Um, so they've been a really, really amazing partnership. And we've been able to expand all over the world with them. Oh, that's really amazing. It's it's pretty cool. So, did you envision that when you first started Kids Tales? Um, you know, in eighth grade, I think it was right. I mean, did you have a vision in your head about what the possibilities might be, or is this kind of it keeps growing and growing, and you're kind of taking it as it goes? I, I mean, I know you're doing a lot of proactive things to help it move, but um, it seems pretty impressive. Yeah, I definitely did not ever envision it to be getting this big. I really just wanted to teach creative writing um and i it every day it's just it's just i i can't even believe that it's grown this big um and that you know i i could not take any of the credit for that on i just you know shreya morgan and all of our amazing teenage teachers um i think really you have to hand it to them and that um if it wasn't for the motivation that we have among our teenage teachers we would not be nearly as far um, as we are and that the motivation of young people has really really brought us to where we are um, and it's really amazing. Oh, sorry, Shreya, <laughs> just muted myself. Um, Shreya Morgan, uh, were you involved in other like uh, community-based, um, you know, projects before you joined in Kids Tales? Or so, like, what, what was some of your background about thinking about ways to make an impact on the world um, before you uh, joined this organization? Maybe you do other things as well. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Morgan, do you have anything? Um, uh, I, I can go ahead. Yeah, um, thank you. I know personally, um, I was definitely involved in doing volunteer work and things like that before I met Katie and joined Kids Tales, but um, I know that connecting that with education was not something I'd ever done before. So that was something that really inspired me and was kind of um, an experience that I was able to hopefully learn from throughout this entire process. And so I really that was one thing that really drew me to joining the Kids Tales team was that I could take my passion for change and combine it with some aspect that I've never experienced before. Um, but in terms of my own commitment and interest in this, um, I think I would say that I'm very passionate about social justice in general. And so um, thinking about the broader picture of how can um, this camp and you know our workshops be able to um, 
work in underserved communities and hopefully provide a new tool for students um, without certain resources to continue writing or to hopefully spark um, their educational improvement and things like that. That was definitely something that I've always been interested in. So that was one way for me to connect that into working and actually creating tangible change. Great, thank you. Um, Morgan? I don't want to put you on the spot either, so. Yeah, sorry, I was trying to get the mic to work. Um, same with Shreya, started off uh, when I was younger, I've always been involved in volunteering within like churches and hospitals and just trying to help as much as I could. But I think the real thing that came to me for Kids Sales was um, the opportunity that it gave for equality of opportunity and that we're definitely looking to help kids who are underserved and it's trying to give them opportunities that they normally would not get. Um, one example that comes to my head is I'm currently trying to expand Kids Tales into working in juvenile detention centers. So over winter break, uh, about a month and a half ago, I actually taught our first um, juvenile detention center camp um, in my hometown. And it was very interesting to be able to go into that setting where they weren't able to know my identity. Um, there was no touching allowed. We pretty much just had to be separated so that they couldn't have any contact with us. They all had criminal backgrounds. But it was really interesting to see because we gave them the opportunity to actually write their own story rather than just a creative short story. So the book ended up kind of being an anthology of how the boys got into the situation they were in, um, how long they planned to stay, what their plans for the future were, and how the center was actually changing their outlook on the world. And being able to be a part of that and seeing that these boys don't get a lot of opportunity outside of the center to do much and being able to come in and give them the opportunity to actually creatively write, tell their own story and have an outlet was really cool for me. And I know even a couple of the boys, I we usually collect the journals at the end of the day and bring them home with us. And I just had boys begging me to let them keep their journals. And of course we let them because that would be horrible if we took it away from them. But they, one boy in particular wrote, I think it was nine pages, just handwritten. And so I found out, I think the last day of the workshop that he had written all nine pages on paper. And it didn't really connect in my head how that paper was supposed to get into the computer until I got home that night and realized that I needed to hand, hand type every single page that he had written. But just being able to go through, and his story was about himself and seeing all the hardships he had gone through, but what um, he was trying to do in the future to give himself a better life was just so powerful for me, coming from more of an affluent background. And it was it's just cool that Kids Tales is able to go in those situations and really make a difference in a lot of those boys and any kids' lives. Yeah, yeah, I have to, I, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I just really quick. I just want to give kudos to Morgan for that because I, I, we just got that book published and I got it in the mail last week. And um, some of those stories are the most just beautifully written stories that I've ever read. Um, I think that, you know, with, with what Morgan did and also just, you know, all of our kids, I think that um, a lot of times when talking to people about um, kids that come from difficult situations, whether that's, you know, they have, you know, criminal backgrounds um, or they're just kids growing up in, you know, bad situations. Um, I think there's a lot of prejudgments that are made um, and that everyone makes, but to really hear sort of the stories that, um, you know, they don't want to talk about, but that might be easier for them to write down is just, um, it's absolutely amazing. And to see sort of where, where they came from and how they got to where they were. So yeah, definitely kudos to Morgan for that. 
Morgan, do you think any that whole writing experience helped them to modify their perspective in any way or help them to uh, heal or to look at the future in a different way? Yeah, I would definitely say it did. Um, the first day I came, it was also their winter break. So the first day they came in and they were super, super angry that they had to be woken up early to do this, as they said, stupid class. And I sat there going, oh, geez, these next four days are going to be really rough. And throughout the week, they got more interested as it was going on and more into the writing. And towards the end of the week, they were trying to finish up their stories. And I was reading and they kind of would just stop at, one, at the placement center and didn't really go further. So I would go around and say, can you talk about maybe how the center is shaping you? And the boy said, well, I've never really thought about it before, but I guess I can try. And if you read some of the stories, it's interesting because a lot of them wrote about how they were realizing that the center was their second chance. And that I think the fact that I asked them to write it down gave them a concrete and tangible item to look at and say, oh, yeah, like this is my second chance and I can turn my life around. They're all very young children and they still have a long way ahead of them. So it was cool to see that maybe writing the story was actually a way for them to heal and realize what's going to happen in the near future. And I think um, just listening to what you're saying and what uh, we're talking about the refugee camp and um, you know reminding us and others and about the power of writing, I think, to get at that reflective stance and seeing your life maybe through different lens or different possibility and how important that is to have that opportunity. Um, I mean, I don't know if they, Morgan, had an opportunity to do the kind of writing before you arrived there. It sounds like probably not much. Um, and so to be able to take them on that journey of self-discovery in a way is, is really powerful. I mean, that's, that's a really great thing. Um, and so they also were able to publish um, as well? Yeah, so it was a little um, difficult because of the privacy issues. Um, all of the stories could only be published with their first names. And then their biography pictures was a picture taken from behind so that you cannot see their faces. And then in our introduction letter, um, I was not able to use my name, so we would sign it like your favorite Kids Tales instructor. But I'm actually going back to the facility in three days to give all of the boys their published book, at least the boys who are still there. Um, there's a few who have actually been released from the center, which is really, really cool. But um, they will get mailed the book. But yeah, it'll. I'm excited to see them all again. <laughs> Missed them. <laughs> They'll be probably very excited, I think, to see the book. Uh, did any say, um, this is too personal and I do not want it published? No, none of them said it was too personal. Um, we had a few kids who started writing a story about themselves and then decided about halfway through that they actually didn't want to go that way and ended up publishing a creative short story and um, continued writing the personal story on their own time, which we then didn't publish, and we just published their creative short story. Um, but the majority of them felt that it wasn't too personal, I think especially being that their names were not used and we weren't able to say exactly where the location was, um, helped ease their minds. Yeah, I, I assume that there must have been a lot of uh, hurdles you had to go through to kind of be able to, to do that. Yeah, there was. <laughs> Did, um. This is just from my own kind of standpoint, but it, um, do you find kids want to do graphic stories, like a graphic novel or comics? And are they allowed to do that in the sessions that you do? Um, yeah. In general, kind of kids' tales. Yeah, we actually had two summers ago. It was our first summer that I had um, 
made this workshop two years ago. And um, so we had her do uh, a, sort of a comic strip um, instead. And so we put the, we put the whole, it was like four pages and she just had, you know, she had, she drew a picture and then put a little caption and that worked really well. And she was a really amazing artist. Um, and then we also do something a little bit similar because, um, what we found is that, um, a lot of kids that we're working with are not a lot, but, um, a, pr a pretty good number, um, don't know how to read. Um, and so they can't write. Um, and you know, these are eight, nine, 10 year olds. Um, and what we found is that a l most of the time, if they don't know how to read, no one's ever really noticed that before. Um, just because, you know, they're really, really good at hiding it. But um, as soon as we have have to have them write the story, we sort of begin to see it. So we have them actually draw a picture and then just um, orally tell the story they want. And then the teacher will type it up for them. Um, and so that way we have sort of the same little comic strip thing. And how, so this is more logistics, but how do, um, how do the kids get involved in kids tales from their aspect right i mean do you do you go around to schools to recruit like what's the system and is there a cost to them so just to clarify are you referring to the volunteers or the actual kids who are um, uh, to the kids the young writers who are in there not not the teenage volunteers yeah um so i guess in the past how it's kind of worked is um we've I guess all the teen teachers are kind of going out on their own and finding um, different community centers or locations that already have students who are there for the summer maybe. Um, I know for the example that um, I, I taught in a camp in Detroit last last summer, um, there was already a preset summer camp. And so what we did was come in um, for a couple hours a day and kind of facilitate kids' tales through that already existing program, um, which I think makes it um, a lot more simpler in terms of that kids are already there they're already in that environment with their friends and they're able to you know easily more easily adjust to the idea of trying something new for the day um so that's kind of i think how kids tales has mainly worked in the united states at least is that um, teen teachers are kind of on a more grassroots level finding um, friends who are interested in teaching and then going out and finding a location that has kids who might want to end up um, taking that workshop Okay, so so there's a lot of initiative on the on the side of the team, the teen, sorry, teen teachers, um, and uh, to kind of do to kind of set things up, and a lot of freedom. It sounds like too. Is that fair to say it that way? I think definitely. Yeah, I think um, I think more. Um, Katie mentioned this earlier that so much of how much Kids Tales has grown is largely attributed to. Um, the amount of passion and initiative that um, teenagers have taken um, into finding locations and communicating with those places about, um, you know, here's what we can do for you. It comes at no cost to you, which I think um, is a really good point to stress about Kids Tales that none of our camps come at any cost to the students and they, you know, they get to take home their published story in a journal and hopefully continue that um, interest in writing. Um, and so just to think about how many kids we've been able to reach and um, the number of locations that we've been able to get in contact with because of the drive that these teenagers have is really amazing. What is the numbers, Katie? How many kids do you think you've reached through the years with, um, with the organization? Um, so to date, I believe we're almost at 500 um, kids and um, a little over 120 teen teachers. So. Great. And how do, how do the teens get involved? Um, I mean, do they... Maybe you can walk me through how if I'm if I'm in Massachusetts, let's say, right, and I'm a teenager and I and I'm really interested. What do I what do I do? 
Um, well, it's actually really interesting that you mentioned Massachusetts because um, I just talked to a girl who lives in Boston that wants to teach kids tales um, on Sunday. So uh, usually, so we have a few different ways of recruiting our teachers. Um, we actually work with the National Writing Project um, and we have uh, English teachers um, identify some high school students that they think are, you know, really good writers and would be interested in working um, and volunteering. And so um, then they're able to apply through us. Um, we have, you know, our application online. Um, and once they just go through that application process, process. Um, if they're in a city that doesn't have a uh, workshop yet, we'll work with them to sort of to set it up and we have, you know, all the materials and handbook to go through that. And if they are in a city that has a workshop, then, you know, we just, we, we pass them along to the, to the leadership in that city. Um, but once they, you know, are accepted and they want to set up a, a location, we have um, a pretty good process of, you know, how to, how to find the location and how to recruit the teachers um, and raising money if that's necessary. Um, and then we have all of our training. So we have our curriculum that's written out, um, we have a pretty, you know, thorough curriculum, and then we also have an online training that all of our teachers go through. How did you end up uh, developing the curriculum? Was it just from your own experience and thinking about um, yourselves as young writers and knowing how young writers develop, or did you work with, te uh, like, adult teachers um, on that? Is it all, um, like, I'm curious about the process, I guess, you went through. Yeah. Um, so the very first year we taught, because um, because I was the only teacher, I, I think I had, I wish I could find this document somewhere, because I think I had just like a bullet point list of like some of the activities and I had a few worksheets. Um, but then the next year, because we had, we were growing a little bit, um, I actually wrote out a curriculum. Um, and since then, um, we've, we further developed that and um, Shreya's really taking the lead on that. So I might let her explain a little bit more. But um, yeah, we uh, have sort of been with the initial curriculum that we developed as teenagers um, is we're really looking at um, trying to, you know, talk to professionals and talk to English teachers and talk to um, curriculum consultants um, in order to really perfect the curriculum and um, make sure that it's not only a fun experience, but also educational for the students. Great. Sure, you want to add anything? It sounds like maybe that's part of your... Yeah, um, I think one great thing that we, that's about Kids Tales is that we have the opportunity to make edits to that curriculum and then, you know, try it out for the next camp and see where that takes us and if we have to change anything further. Um, and so having, you know, so many years of, been of being able to do that and, you know, the future ahead of us um, really is ho hopefully going to allow us to have, you know, maybe one day that perfect curriculum. Um, like Katie mentioned, I think we've been really trying to reach out to professionals, um, you know, English teachers or um, anyone who's in the field of early education or literacy, um, just to make sure that not only is our curriculum um, easy to teach, but also that it's actually beneficial to the students who are learning from it. Um, and we've also gotten really good feedback from the teenagers themselves and um, talking about, you know, hey, this specific activity didn't work in my classroom. Um, maybe there's a different way that we can teach this lesson or teach this skill to, to our group of students. So I think um, it's been a very organic process in being able to find um, ways to improve. Yep, sounds like teaching. <laughs> if you find the perfect curriculum, can you let me know, please? Um, Definitely. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's, um, yeah, that sounds like a, exactly how things go. Um, so, Kevin? yes, Charlene, please yeah, go. Yeah, I just have a quick question yeah. for Katie. Um, Katie, you mentioned fundraising when necessary. What kinds of things do you guys do in that regard? 
Um, yeah, so Kids Tales, um, like I think Shreya said, mentioned that um, it's uh, no cost to the students or the organization. So we have all of our internal, uh, all our own internal funding. Um, and what we do is we have a, we have you know private donors and we apply for some grants. Um, but then what we're really trying out this year um, is asking our teachers to raise money. And so um, we have a few different ways that we're we're starting that we're piloting that this summer. Um, but uh, you know, it's I think um, especially you know it's not it's not too expensive to run a workshop. So um, you know, just asking all of the teachers to go out and um, you know raise money from their family and friends. Uh, so far, you know, hopefully that will work, and it's worked in a few locations last summer. So we're we're trying that out this summer. But um, yeah, we've we've been able to you know keep going with just um, grants and donations, which has been really really great. How big is your executive board of? Um, the I know you are, you're all on that, but how many uh, teenagers are um, are on that? Or are there are there adults as well, or just is all kid driven? Just teenagers, um, and we are at um, sort of a five six. Um, we have some that are in college. We have some last year that were seniors that are now in college, so it's sort mm -hmm. of a um, you know struggle with that. But uh, yeah, usually goes between five and six, um, which is a really nice number because we all sort of have specific things that we're working on and then we come together, um, you know, every other week and just sort of, you know, here's what we've been doing during this week and this is what we'll do in the next in the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, it's been a really great number and we've all been able to, to do our own little part to really make this, to chug right along with, with our planning and our growth. So where, where does it, where, where is um, the organization that say five years down the road because you'll have graduated high school at that point and um, do you do any long range thinking about what might happen? Um, yeah, so uh, Shreya and Morgan are seniors and I'm a junior. Um, so definitely we are um, sort of looking at how in the future um, we're going to sort of lead. Um, and I know that um, this summer Shreya and Morgan are uh, training people in their cities um, to sort of take over their role uh, in their cities at least um, when they're gone. Um, and the same thing with, with the team board is sort of as we look for teachers, um, we're also going to be looking at um, our teachers that have been, you know, been there for a few years. So we have, you know, some two-year teachers now that are sophomores or juniors. And so then they could possibly take a leadership role over in the future. Um, as for when, when I graduate, um, I'm planning to take a gap year to work on Kids Tales just to sort of grow as much as possible. And then um, at that point, by the time I go to college, um, you know, I, I always want to have a hand in Kids Tales. But hopefully at that point, we're going to have the infrastructure to actually hire um, a staff of, you know, one or one or two or three people um, just so we can, you know, run Kids Tales at the same level um, as, you know, all the work that we put in um, to it. Um, but that's definitely something we're looking at down the line when we sort of get get too big for just um, for just you know teenagers who also have to go to school um, to run it so yeah it's a lot to take on mm -hmm, um, particularly when you think of uh, well it sounds like the growth that you've had in the last few years um, and you know how far how far it's going and, and all the impact that you're making around the world too uh, you know Charlene and I were um, um, well talking in the comment margin about uh, global learning a little bit and I don't know Charlene did you want to Bring that topic in at all? Where I'm looking at the clock, so I know we don't have a ton of time left. Yeah, we're uh, running out of time. Yeah, my question kind of was: as a, as an educator, um, I'm always interested in having the teens that I work with get connected with teens in other parts of the world, so that we can all learn from each other, and everything from pen pals to uh, getting involved in. Uh, service projects to help 
countries that need help. And what advice do you have for um, inspiring teens to do that? I feel like one thing would just be get involved. I mean, two years ago, I never thought I would be running an organization that was helping children all around the world. And I think what you really just have to do is have the initiative to go and find those opportunities. Um, for me, Catapult was the opportunity that brought me in touch with Trey and Katie. Um, for other people, maybe it's just volunteering in an organization that is growing as well, and they can go and work abroad for that. Um, I know there's like study abroad opportunities, even in high school where you do like an exchange, which is interesting, but really just trying to seek out those opportunities and make them happen is the best advice I could give. So what I'm hearing from you, Morgan, is that it's all kid driven. It's the yeah. kids who are inspired to do that, that will find ways of doing that. Yeah. And, yeah, definitely. I think also um, something that you know when when you know a teenager and adult sort of asks me what their what the advice is for kids that are you know interested in you know social change or anything like that, um, I usually say is don't doubt the power of a really motivated and really inspired teenager. And I know that that's sort of a common theme of what we've been talking about. Um, but teenagers and and kids are pretty amazing. Um, you know, I uh, I don't want to I don't want to brag for all three of us, but um, I think that. Uh, I think adults a lot of times doubt the power of um, of teenagers and of kids, um, but I think that really motivated kids, uh, you know, if they have if they have an idea or they have a passion, um, you know, what adults can do is just um, just tell them that they can do it. And and if you're if you're a kid and you're interested in something, like Morgan said, you know, you just you got to do it. Um, and what the nice part about being a kid is there's not there's not too much too much to lose, right? You can, you can mess up and it's okay. Um, and that's, that's what I'd say is just, you know, don't be afraid to, to fail. Um, and it's just, you know, you have to put yourself out there. Great point. I think that um, sometimes we, like, we adults do underestimate, I think, the potential for uh, what young people can do to make change in the world, for sure. Um, we are nearing the end of our session. And, um, are there any topics that we didn't get to that um, anybody wants to make sure we at least touch upon before we start saying farewells tonight? I'm looking at my list off to the side. I think we hit a lot of them, but is, is there anything anybody wants to talk about? Um, I don't. I don't think so. Um, except that you know, if anyone who is listening has, is a teenager who would like to teach, or is a teacher who might know a teenager who likes to teach, or would you know, is a is a, runs an organization or is a teacher that was interested in having their children take um, a kids sales workshop, that our website's kidsales.org, which I think is in the links to this. Um, but that all of that information is there in case anyone's interested in that. Great, and I do hope people kind of look look at the site and also get inspired to do things. Um, um, in their communities and kind of beyond as well. Um, so maybe what we could do is uh, just to kind of think for a second and have any kind of final thoughts as we kind of wrap up tonight and um, maybe we can go back, do a quick round. I don't have a prompt for you now though. <laughs> but just is there any kind of final thoughts you have about what we've been talking about? And um, we'll, I mean, Katie had a great final thought there, but um, if there's anything else you want to say and then you can pass it off to somebody else. Or anybody else? I guess I would just like to say you young people inspire me with all of your devotion to this project and uh, this organization that's growing, obviously. And uh, I look forward to 
your future work. Yeah. Shrey, have anything you want to say to kind of wrap up? Um, I guess, I don't know. I think Katie summed it up very well on that. Um, <laughs> I think after joining Kids Tales, I was really able to see myself as an agent of change in a very different way. Um, I think also the fact that we have an entirely teen run board and um, the fact that all administrative decisions and executive choices are being made by teams, having that experience is really, um, and you know, having the chance to see what change making is like on a, like a, a more um, institutional level per se, um, not just you know teaching in the classroom, but we get to experience the idea of how do we make choices for this entire group of people to really impact them positively. I think having that opportunity um, is something that I've never been able to find anywhere else. And Kids Tales does such an amazing job of really empowering teens to um, see themselves in a much more um, powerful and uh, positive way because of that. Great, thank you. Morgan, you have anything, final thoughts you'd like to say? Um, I think I'd just like to end by saying thank you to you guys for having us. Uh, it's been an honor to be able to talk with you guys this whole time. And again, like Katie said, if anyone is interested in coming to teach or be a participant or even has a location that they are interested in, please feel free to reach out on the website or contact us directly. We'd love to hear from you. Great. Thank you. Uh, Charlene? Yeah, I just assume that there's no prior experience required for these uh, <laughs> positions as team leaders. Yeah, we have a question that came up from our sponsor here asking, what has this conversation inspired you to write about next? And for me, it would just be team power. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, it's been great having you all. You really have inspired um, me to kind of really think about things and also remind me that um, that there are a lot of groups of teenagers and younger people out there doing amazing things. Sometimes we don't always see them or notice them or um, maybe we don't pay attention either. So um, it's a great lesson to kind of to learn. And um, you're very articulate and very impassioned and, um, and brought, brought to the surface a lot of issues that I think are really important. Um, so I'm going to start ending unless, Katie, do you want to say anything else? Um, yeah, I guess I just read it. Morgan, thank you guys so much for, for having us. Um, and I think the, the only last thing is um, I know that most likely teachers are listening. And, um, you know, I, I, we would not be able to do what we did without, you know, you guys um, and just all the teachers. Uh, and I think that, that teachers are, are some of the most amazing change makers. So thank you guys so much. And you know, you, you're, you're always underappreciated, but know that we really appreciate all the work that you guys do. Well, thank you so much. It's nice to hear. Um, so uh, we're, we are just about out of time. And I'd like to thank you all again for coming on and joining us for this hour. Uh, if you'd like to keep up to date out there on future opportunities um, with Educator Innovator, there's a monthly newsletter um, that you can sign up for at the Educator Innovator website and also on Twitter at Innovator Innovates uh, lower line. Ed, <laughs> um, and we thank you again for hanging out with us. It's been a pleasure.